How's it going, sports fans, bettors, and cappers? And welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell. This is episode 216, and this podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the latest in the sports world before giving you some plays on the betting front. Now, as always, before we get into today's episode, we got to give a quick shout out to Bet99. Head on over to bet99.com. Use code shooters at sign up to help support the show. But I couldn't do this episode all on my own. We've got some NHL, we've got some NFL, and my buddy Tyson Cole from over at Spit and Picklets is here today to chat about both. So Tyson, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm great. I'm excited to uh, get back to talking with you. Full swing of NHL and NFL. Um, yeah, excited to be back. And as always, head on over to Twitter, or X, I guess we'll call it. Follow at Spit and Picklets. Philip Forsberg's biggest fan and his NFL cheat sheets are absolutely incredible. Be sure to go and check those out because Tyson does a ton of work behind the scenes to get that out there. And I really got to give him a shout out for all that great work that he's doing. But I don't get a lot of people on the show that chat NHL, which is pretty odd given I'm Canadian. And I probably should have more NHL minds on this show. But definitely had Tyson on before and we've had some great discussions. And we're a couple weeks into the season now. So I think it's fair to to give some early season thoughts on the NHL. And so Tyson, as our guest here today, what are some of your thoughts coming out of the gate in the NHL? Oh, I mean, I'm just so happy it's back. I feel like... <laughs> It was way too long that uh, we didn't have we didn't have hockey. Um, I don't know. We got some big surprising teams that are at the top, and I feel like you and I are both pretty excited. We'll talk about that in a bit. And we got some Stanley Cup favorites that don't look the same as they used to. So I don't know. We'll highlight it later, but I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, honestly, when I, when I was going through the standings today. I looked and it's like, well, some of the West teams near the top are who we're expecting. The Vegas, obviously, the hot start out of the gate, the defending cup champs. Colorado's back Mm -hmm. and healthy. You've got Dallas in the mix as well. Out East, you've still got Boston coming off the best regular season of all time before getting bounced in the first round. you got the Rangers there. You've got Toronto there as well. So a lot of teams up there that you're expecting to be there. But as we said, there is some some disappointments out of the gate, and I think we could definitely name a few, and we're going to in a little bit here. But is it just me, or does it feel more wide open in both conferences than it probably ever has? Because when I'm looking at the West, yes, Vegas and Colorado feel like one-two, but despite slow starts for teams like Edmonton and others, it does still feel like there's a lot of teams that could potentially come out of the West. And the East, once again, we saw it last year in the playoffs, absolute dogfight there. We didn't even mention teams like Florida, New Jersey. Like, there's a ton of talent out there. So, doesn't it feel pretty wide open in both conferences? Well, absolutely. I mean, just going to the East, it's always a crapshoot. The East is the way better conference. So, it doesn't matter. Like, one versus, uh, one versus eight, whatever seed you get in the playoffs, you have a chance at winning. Well, look at what Florida did last year. You know, they were the eight seed. They made it all the way to the cup final. But I feel like it's the West is different too, because you see, you see the bottom teams like Calgary and Edmonton who Edmonton, I think won the division last year. Yeah. And then, and then two years ago it was Calgary. So, but now they're at the bottom and would it surprise anybody if they, you know, work their way back up into that top three? Of course not. Um, So yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough. 
I mean, the NHL is more unique than probably every other league where you go into the season. And I think you see it in betting odds because right out of the gate, yeah, there's probably 12 teams where they're like, they can win the cup this year. Mm-hmm. And then the betting odds, it's anywhere from eight to one all the way to like 15 to 20 to one. And those are the teams. Like, yeah. make no mistake about it. Those are the teams that have the chance. Mm-hmm. Yes, you get the teams like Florida that maybe go on the Cinderella run to the cup final, but then at the end of it, it's Vegas, who mm-hmm. is going into the year probably a top eight team to win it last year. So I do think that that's where it's pretty unique. You look at other leagues like the NBA, it's like plus 400. And you're like, yeah. well, I'm definitely not going and betting that future at plus 400, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of the way that it plays out. So as we mentioned, you're you're a Canucks fan. I'm a Red Wings fan. I think when we talk biggest surprises so far, I it kind of mm-hmm. – it's us, baby. It's us. Look at us. We are two of the top nine teams in the league. I am ninth. You are fourth, which is just crazy. Would you like to talk about your team or should I? And then you talk about the other team. So let, let's roll with Detroit first. I know Montreal's up there as well, but like how we're going to talk about a Quebec team mm-hmm. right out of the gate. So let's <laughs> let's start with Detroit. And we always expect, like as a Detroit fan, I expect Larkin and Cider to start this well like mm-hmm. that those are kind of the the cornerstones to bring has been awesome Amazing. out of the gate as well Amazing. raymond sprong cop like it does feel like they're kind of starting to round out the roster now i don't want to overreact too much because again we're seven eight games into the season it's a very mm-hmm. long season huso's been solid in net we got reimer as the backup it's it's it is what it is. I mean, Reimer's been in the league for a long time. Do I feel okay with him playing twenty games, thirty games? Sure, but that's kind of where I'm at with the goaltending situation. I do like the fact that they've beat some quality teams out of the gate, whether it's Toronto, whether it's the Islanders in OT the other day, whether it's Tampa Bay. Like they have got some quality wins. It's not a look at their schedule. They haven't played anybody. They should get out to this kind of start. So that's kind of where I'm at with Detroit. What are your early thoughts on them as, as a team? Well, that Debrinket larkin connection is going to be one of the top ones for the whole season. Uh, Billy Huso has been playing really well. And, you know, I don't know where it, his game wasn't really there last year in his first year with the Red Wings, but this year it's definitely came on. As soon as people start doubting the Iser plan, he just rock, rocks it into gear and they're firing on all cylinders. And, they look really good. They look really good. I think the whole Yeiser plan thing, I was <laughs> never fully out on it. It's just I'm not going to go all in until I start to see a bit of results. It, it's not they have to go and win, go to like the East final or anything mm. crazy, but just show me some sort of progress. And right totally. out of the gate, we're starting to see it, which is good. Again, I think that a rebuild like this takes a while. Like, you see, yeah. you see a team like Chicago, they get Bedard, everyone thinks, oh, that's going to be incredible. And then they lose to Arizona 8-1 to because it's like, yeah, Bedard is great, but you need to round out the entire team. Yeah, so, that's just one uh, guy. And that's where the NHL is unique. you got to have three or four lines that, mm-hmm. that are very solid. And Detroit didn't have that for a long time. It was the Larkin line, and then where's mm-hmm. everything else coming from? And but so- now you're getting a lot of depth scoring, like Mac- Michael Rasmussen. Joe Valeno is finally getting on the score sheet. I remember he was supposed to go like top five in his draft class. Then he fell to the end of the the last pick of the first round. So it's good that, you know, those guys are finally stepping up into the role that were like the Iser plan. Um, If you can get Simone Edvinson back up and um, I 
Oh, Philip Zadina. That was the one that didn't work out. But other than that, I mean, I think I think you guys you had two first round picks this year. I think you got Sandine. Nope. He went to he went to St. Louis. You got Nate Danielson. Yeah, so absolutely. you're just continuing to add down the center. And yeah, I like I like what you're well, cooking. I like where it's starting to head. Now, mm-hmm. do I think that it's going to be sustainable all, all, over all 82? Probably not. Do I think that they have a shot at getting that last playoff spot, seeing how some of these these older teams are starting to look like the Pittsburghs of the world and the, and the Washingtons as they start oh, to wind down their course like they should have years ago, then, yeah, I think that there's definitely a chance of them sneaking in. Do I think they make a lot of noise after that? No, but just getting that playoff experience would be huge for them this year. So if we get any sort of playoff action in Detroit, then I'm going to be really happy. Now, mm-hmm. on the Vancouver side, Demko's been awesome. Oh, Bubble Demko's and- back, baby. Did you feel like people counted him out way too early just based off of there was that rough stretch that he had? I think it was the start of last year. And I mean, you guys were blowing leads like crazy to start last yeah. season. And it was like, what it the hell? So fun. Vancouver. It was to a point where from a betting perspective, you'd see them up two or three goals going into the third and you're hammering money line on the other team. Yeah. Now you guys are starting to close out some of those games early in the year. So talk to me about Vancouver, why they've been so great out of the game. Well, I don't know why everyone was down on Demko. Yes, he had like a bad start to the year and then he was hurt for the majority of the year. So I guess the bad taste just lingered in their mouth. And But then when he finally returned at the end of the year, he was killing it. He was one of the best goalies in the league uh, stats wise. And then he played us out of a top 10 pick, which sweet. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of saw this coming in the in the preseason. Quinn Hughes started shooting more. I'm like, okay, he looks great. I'm hammering him for the Norris. So I have him on a ticket, and I feel like he's been one of the best defensemen so far. Yeah, yes. Um, and you know, the captain Quinn. I think he just needed that little jump start, and he's been awesome. I love watching his game and everything. And I, I like our team. I think our team's deep. We got Mikheyev back after his ACL injury. He's uh, gelling well with PD and uh, Kuzmenko. PD hit the gym this offseason, and he's just trucking people. Man. Yeah, it's, it's... He's playing good defensively. He's such a good passer, and I haven't even mentioned his shot yet. Like, oh, I love him. I hope he doesn't leave. I don't think he will <laughs> now that we're, you know, trending in the right direction. Um I don't know. We we're a deep team, man. We got Sam Lafferty from Toronto, and that guy's just a bulldozer. So yeah. bad, like so bad to play against if you're the other team. Um, yeah, I. Oh, I yeah, I, I'm just I'm a big fan of what I'm seeing early on. Kuzmenko's starting to heat up as well. He mm-hmm. first couple games was a bit slow, and then he started to heat up over the last number. Miller being their besser, like it's it's just a really, really good group that you have there. I, I think that you're kind of in the same Detroit boat of, yes, Calgary and Edmonton start slow. And mm-hmm. so do I expect them to bounce back? Probably. But that doesn't mean that Vancouver can't get into the playoffs. Do I think that if they get in, they're most likely to get like a Vegas, Colorado type first round matchup? Mm-hmm. Sure. But yeah. at the end of the day, for, for a young core like you guys have, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And as we just mentioned earlier, 
Florida is an eight seed, went all the way to the cup final. So you can never truly count anyone out in the NHL. Yeah. Who knows Demko, maybe it's Huso is going to go on a Cinderella run. We can only hope that that would be the <laughs> ideal scenario for us. But my end of season prediction, we both make a wild card spot, you know, show improvements. We're a little too high from right now, from where yeah. we're going to be at the end of the year, I think. Uh, but we kind of need the playoff experience. Speaking as a Canucks fan, we've only been once, and that was the bubble. Does that really count? Not really. Um, since 2015. So it's been a while. And I mean, I had the 25 straight years of playoffs, and then it's been a it's been a long drought, at least in my yeah, but mind. You can't complain after I, having I can't 25 complain, years. And that's why I've also been very silent on being a Detroit fan because it's no one feels bad for you. It's like, well, yeah, you know, we're rebuilding and it's tough. It's like, shut up. You had 25 straight years. You won multiple cups. It's like, yeah. no one really yeah. feels bad for you. But we are, we I don't. went through the Eiser plan and we'll see. So, yeah. And now, we have one of the best GMs. So, you're on the right track. <laughs> now, when we're talking about surprises, there's also some disappointments. And we, let's just get to the Alberta teams out of the gate because I think that those are, are pretty obvious. Edmonton, obviously, they didn't have McDavid for for a week or two there. Um, And then Calgary's just been horrendous out of the gate as well. So what's the thoughts of Battle of Alberta doesn't have a lot of battle in them right now? No, Battle of Alberta sucks. Um, (laughs) I didn't even watch the Heritage Classic Bad Canadian, and I will apologize. Um, But, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Everyone kind of is talking bad about Edmonton. Um, rightfully so they haven't looked great, but I think Calgary's the bigger disappointment. Like you bring in the free agents that you did last year to replace, uh, Goudreau and Kachuk. And obviously you kind of had to do that, um, with Huberto and Huberto and Kadri, but that's like 18 million that you spent on them and they're doing nothing for you at all. And everyone was like, Oh, well, you know, it was because players didn't like, uh, Daryl Sutter. So, they didn't want to play for him. They played poorly. It was a bad place, to, bad environment and all this stuff. Well, he's gone now, and you're still playing like crap. So I don't think it was Sutter. You can't say that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think they're ready to blow everything up. You know, they've got the big guys that probably aren't going to resign now, like the Hannafins, the Elias Lindholm, Chris Tanev. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think they're they're going down and they're sinking fast. So how long do you think it takes then for Calgary to say we're blowing it up? Is it the 20 game mark? Is it the 30 game mark? Like, like how, how bad do you think it has to get? Is it deadline? Is that where we're trending towards? Yeah, where probably a bit before that. Cause you don't really see teams like give up before the new year. So, cause that's still only what, like 30 mid 30 to 40 games into the year. So, I don't know. We probably won't see any big trades like that happen till then, but I don't I don't see them being in any position to wreck that ship. No, Markstrom's been really bad out of the gate. Skinner's been pretty bad for Edmonton as well. Campbell's mm-hmm. been bad. Like goaltending's just been bad for both teams. The McDavid injury, I mean, they weren't playing great prior to him getting hurt, so I don't like to give them too much of an excuse in Edmonton, but mm-hmm. um looks like he's going to be back right away for him, which is huge. Now. Oh, he was already back in that Heritage game. Yeah. Like he so, did I don't even think his injury was a week. <laughs> which is funny because they made it sound so much worse, but they tend to do that with star players anyways. It's all yeah. he's going to be out for a while and then it's like, "Wait, that was 2 weeks. Like what are we talking about here?" I've got another disappointment. 
Okay. Um, but it's kind of a weird one because they're high in the standings, but I'm going to go to the Carolina Hurricanes. That's they, a fair one. Who are they this year? I don't understand. Last year, you could pretty much guarantee that their game was going under the normal six total, but this year they have not had the goaltending they've had last year, which I'm surprised about because they didn't change either goalie. They still have Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta, and then their defense got way better. They reacquired Tony D'Angelo. They got Dmitry Orlov to add to already the best top four in the league. So how are you allowing, like, let's see, six or five goals, six goals, three goals, seven goals, six goals. Like, what team is this? I don't I don't know. That's just – I'm surprised by that. I mean, they got Svechnikov back, but, I mean, he's a forward. I don't know. Where'd the defense go that they've always had? Like, last week was good, but when it's Kraken Sharks Flyers, I don't want to put too much weight into – those sorts of wins like yeah. those are the teams that you should beat now defensively they were a lot better over that stretch only four goals in three games so that's huge for them to get back on track there but yeah but i mean before that they lost seven four to the kraken yeah it's <laughs> it's a weird team and yeah yes it it reflects now where they're six and four but again three and four a week ago. So mm -hmm. I don't think that those issues just magically disappeared overnight. And I, I would consider them a bit of a disappointment, especially since they were one of the favorites to be president's cup winners. So yeah. to see them at six and four, I would agree that, that they have started a bit slow, especially by their standards. The Kraken mm -hmm. for me, since we just mentioned them, that's another one for me where they don't have a lot that I'm really excited about in Seattle. I think no, they're a one-hit wonder from last year. That's like it. Dakord and Grubauer splitting time has been awful to watch. Like just bad goaltending. I think Grubauer he got way too much credit for playing in Colorado and the way that he looked there when you have one of the best teams in front of you. I don't think that he's a great goaltender, and I agree. I think that the Kraken are kind of coming back down to earth, like. Bjorkstrand, Dunn, and Schwartz lead the team in scoring, and it's mm. eight points each. So yeah. it's not as if they're out to a roaring start out of the gate. So Seattle, for me, just because they are a playoff team from last year, I I didn't think that they were going to be able to do what they did last year. Again, getting past Colorado the way that they did, we know mm. that that's not the Colorado team that we're expecting this year, where you have McCarr back, you have a lot of these guys that have been hurt. So I do think that we, if we saw that series again, I think Colorado's advancing and we're just talking about the Kraken being. Over. I think it's a sweep. I don't think it's close. <laughs> and and I know that I had buddies that, that took Kraken to win the series because they were so banged up. And it's like, again, it's because they're hurt. Like mm -hmm. You don't actually believe that the Kraken are the better team. Yeah. You know that they're the They just, they're, they're full of good third liners. But they need that offense, like they need that number one forward. Like Beniers played at that level like that last year, and McCann showed spurts. But you know, I guess I don't know. They're just deep, but of all third line players, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, so, this Colorado team—they finally got that second line center after Kadri left, and Ryan Johansson. He's looked phenomenal. Um, I love them, including or bringing in Jonathan Druin to hopefully re-kickstart his career. Pat I'll be honest, Adam, I have, every year I have one NHL future that's just a completely chalked pick. 
but yeah. I'm just betting it because I have so much faith in the guy. Um, Kale McCarter win the Norris. It was plus 200. I didn't care. I threw mm-hmm. 50 bucks on it. I just felt like if he plays a full season healthy, that he's the best defenseman in the game. And Colorado has a record to back it up. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's chalked, whatever. But if it hits, it hits. So, so that was my chalked pick. I hope you lose, though, because I have Quinn Hughes. <laughs> Plus 900. Well, well, if it's Hughes, then I won't be terribly upset because knowing that, that you're you're rolling in some dough, that then I'll be a bit happier about it. But let's chat now. Let's move over to NFL. Um, we are almost at the midway point. We're heading into week nine, so just about there. And it's it feels pretty wide open. And then we had the trade deadline today and some teams kind of loaded up a bit more I think the big move of the day, big winner of the day has to be San Fran going and adding Montez sweat on the, on the D line because him and Bosa are going to be scary. They added chase young. Oh, did they add chase young? They oh, got chase young. The bears, right. The bears. Yeah. Oh, chase Dude. Young to the 49ers. Right. Yes. I don't understand. Why do you give up on Chase Young that that they, quickly? Like he had an injury for a while. Like that took a, like what two years of his deal. He didn't look great to start this season. He was starting to pick it up. It felt yeah. like, but I don't think that the Commanders know what they are. But they haven't fired Ron Rivera to figure it out. But you gotta think you have other older players that you could move off of rather than two Sweat guys that were on their contract me to, to to move him that was fine the chase young one i thought was dumb because yeah. now you just don't have a d-line at yeah all. i don't understand I, they had a really good d-line before they had duran Payne, i think or they have duran Payne and uh another guy i can't remember what his name is but they had a solid four and now you got two guys i don't know you could you could have kept chase young and even if you do start a rebuild he still matches your rebuild time like mm-hmm. that age I don't but, know. but again move. washington how big's the rebuild actually gonna have to be because for me what like when i look at washington i, I think a hundred percent ron rivera's gotta go mm-hmm. i think that he's, he's well i think that's why they brought in the enemy the enemy's just gonna move up well, and, and there was the report the other day of basically the enemies running the day-to-day and Ron's kind of just there, but it's like, okay, then just get rid of them then. Because, like, the whole, I didn't see Devonta Smith catch that ball, or, like, I didn't see the replay. Like, what are we talking about? Like, then call a timeout and make sure, like, it's a pretty critical part of the game. And he just, mm-hmm. it seems like he doesn't care anymore. He seems, he seems checked out. And we forget that Washington's record wasn't, isn't that bad? Like they've already played the Eagles twice, like getting both of those out of the way. You still have the giants again. Like, like there was potential for them in a wide open NFC to still make the playoffs. Now, granted it would probably be as the seven, but I think they have a good QB. I actually think Sam Howell's pretty good and he's Mm -hmm. got good weapons. The defense was fairly solid. They didn't look solid against Philly when they gave up 38, but they've been solid outside of that. So why was the decision we got to blow it up. Like it didn't I, feel like they were that far off. No, I don't think so. Like yeah, you already said they played the Eagles twice. Didn't weren't the scores in both of those games, 38, 31. It's overtime. <laughs> like why? I don't understand. Sam Howell, I like that will be 
probably one of the best picks in commander's history because he was supposed to go first overall that year and then dropped all the way to the sixth round. I think, I don't know. Like you said, the NFC is wide open. Why, why did they just throw in the towel when they didn't have to? Josh Harris must've just been playing GM mode over the weekend. Cause he traded James Harden and Montez sweat and chase young. Like <laughs> what are you doing? So, that was prop the big move was obviously both both of the D linemen. Um, Sweat going to Chicago, you basically just went from bad to bad. Like I feel bad for him thinking that, and he could have ended up in any other situation, and instead you're just a part of an even worse franchise. Yeah, Chicago Bears. We saw moves that were made kind of earlier, like either last week or even a couple weeks ago. Like you see the the Kevin Byard going to Philly. They they load up on defense. Um, we saw Cam Akers in Minnesota was another one. Hardman went to KC again. And then Josh Dobbs got traded today. Huh. And mm-hmm. I didn't get that for Minnesota. Now, obviously, Kirk's done for the year. We know that his Achilles is it's torn. Like, he's he's not coming back. Jefferson's already on IR. He's got his hamstring issues. So I can't imagine that they're even thinking about rushing him back. But then you trade for Josh Dobbs, which is telling me that they're not necessarily punting on the season because Dobbs in Arizona, he doesn't have a lot around him and he's been, he's been pretty good for, for all being said in Arizona. So what's Minnesota thinking? <laughs> Cause I can't for the life of me think about what the direction is. Well, didn't they start zero and four and now they're three and four or something like that? Like they've kind of played themselves back into the conversation. So I mean, I feel like you kind of owe it four to four right now. Four and four, yeah. But I think they started zero and four or something, yeah. or zero and three or something like that. But you, I think the team's been playing so well lately. Like you kind of have to go out there and at least try and you know show them that you care about them. Like, yes, you've played so well. We're gonna you know benefit you with a QB who's actually been playing this year. Rather than Jaron Hall, who's like what was six round pick or maybe yeah. undrafted, I don't even know. Um, I mean, yeah. and, and the thing that we know about Minnesota is that's an offense that is very good. I mean, yeah. Jefferson and Addison, they they look very much like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith type one two. Definitely, five. definitely, All and then you got TJ Hawkinson in there too. Like, so. He's- Yep. Maybe you're not punting there. Now, you do get the Falcons this week. So, I mean, if Josh Dobbs comes in, I think I read that O'Connell said, though, that Dobbs isn't starting. Yeah, it's Darren Hall. going to give this other guy the first week, which, I don't know, I'd be trying to throw Dobbs in right away. I know that it's kind of short notice. you got to learn the playbook, playbook pretty quickly. But, man, you win that game and get to five and four, then we're actually legitimately talking about the Vikings being in the playoff mix despite the fact that their defense is terrible. Like, well, what I think is going to happen is they say we're going to start Jaron Hall. If you, you, he's on a short leash. If you quickly yeah. don't see that he can, you know, lead you to victory in that game, then I'd say throw in Josh Dobbs. This trade happened early enough in the week where Dobbs can get in there and kind of learn the playbook pretty quick. I mean, he should, at least it's his fourth team in 12 months, um, <laughs> which seems crazy to me. But, also, it's um, the Falcons, so we can't rule out the fact that Ritter, yeah, maybe they jump out to a 10-0 lead and then they throw Dobbs in, but it's not as if that Atlanta offense is blowing you away. Mm-hmm. Early betting line is 37 and a half, so they're not expecting a lot of points in this game. 
because of how bad the Falcons offense has been with Ritter. So I don't think that, again, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that Dobbs is probably, he, he'll get in at some point if this guy's not looking competent. So yeah. Early think- looks, I kind of like the over. I don't know. Probably. Brady Jarrett's out for the year now, I think. I have the Atlanta to win the division future, so I'm not going to – I don't want to jinx it. They are currently first place in the NFC South, so I'm hopeful that they pull it out at plus 200 to win the division. But mm-hmm. obviously now let's talk about a couple winners. We focused a lot on, quite frankly, bad teams. Um, winner for you, who's who's a team out of the gate that's, that's kind of maybe overperforming or you've just been really impressed with? Well, I mean, it was very nice to talk about my team as a winner for, in the NHL. Sadly, I don't think we could say that about my Denver Broncos. No, no, we'll leave um, they might be a part of another segment. Well, let's let's not get ahead of our <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't really have. I think that the I think that the Jags are winners because a lot of people will give you the Lions. Lions are in a bad division. They were favored to win the division too. So mm-hmm. I don't think that it should be too surprising that, that they're out to the start that they are. They also haven't beaten a lot of quality teams, which people don't want to talk about. Like you beat the Chiefs very shorthanded, and that was your that was your big one. So And you had to prepare for that game. <laughs> I think Jags wise have just been impressed with top to bottom, they've been pretty solid. Like they're top 10 in points per game, top 10 in points given up. They've got wins over Buffalo, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta so far. T-Law, he's had a, he had a couple of rough starts out of the gate. He's starting to figure it out. Etienne's been an absolute Beast. monster yeah. out of the backfield. And then I'm just I'm impressed by the, the core of weapons that they've put around. Ingram, they bought very low on Ridley when he was at his lowest, when he was maybe on bet 99 a little bit. <laughs> Then you got Christian Kirk, Ingram. They haven't even really had Zay Jones because he's got the knee issue. So this is a team that I, I guess I called them a winner because I think that they could have dropped a couple more games in different spots and they didn't. So I'm just impressed that maybe that playoff comeback wasn't a fluke and maybe Jacksonville's starting to become a, a bit of a contender in the AFC. So that's where I had them as a winner because when you go through the – as you said, it's tough to pick a big winner because you look at the top record-wise in the NFL. Eagles, Chiefs, Lions, Dolphins. All four teams we thought were going to be good. Yeah, the only one I would say is like maybe the Dolphins, but everyone coming into the year was like, if two was healthy, then we, we, then know we would expect that, right? I kind of, just looking through the standings, I kind of have one. Okay. And it's, they're not they're not high in their division by any means, but this Browns team's pretty good and they don't have a quarterback. Walker is yeah. Like Deshaun Watson's been God awful this year, but PJ Walker has been all right. It's their defense. that's really killing them. Like, think about this. They don't have like a starting NFL caliber QB, whether Watson plays or doesn't. And then they lost their best offensive player, Nick Chubb. And they're still able to, they barely lost last week against the Seahawks. They beat the 49ers. Um, so they, they're pretty surprising. Deshaun's averaging, prior to getting hurt, 171 passing yards per game. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> At four touchdowns, three interceptions over that stretch, like mm-hmm. just 
bad, bad football. Yeah. And then PJ comes in and he's averaging over 200 a game. He again also hasn't been great, but mm-hmm. what do you expect? Like a backup isn't supposed to come in and throw for 300 yards. It's he's just an not. XFL star. He's not XFL star. He's in the wrong league, brother. So, uh, yeah, you can put Cleveland there because of all the adversity that they've already had to go through this year. And they are picking up wins where you're like, really? They beat the 49ers. They like they beat the Bengals week mm-hmm. one. Like, so that that's I, I would agree that that one being there makes sense. They get the Cardinals this week too. I mean, that whole AFC North is above 500. So you beat the Cardinals, moved five and three, and it's like, oof, mm-hmm. that's that's quite the division that you kind of got one more too. Okay. Everyone was talking about this team. They traded away their first round pick. Oh, now they're screwed. The Houston Texans have looked really good compared to what we're used to of this Houston Texans team, where it's like they're for sure locked in top three pick. Everyone was saying, oh, they're screwed. They traded their pick to Arizona. Arizona is going to have the first, second pick of the draft this year. Not going to happen. C.J. Stroud has looked like the best quarterback in the draft class last year. Um, And they're second in their division. They're ahead of the Colts, ahead of the Titans. So, I mean, I think that trade's worth it now. (laughs) I mean, since the Deshaun days, three wins, that sometimes was your season total. And Mm -hmm. we're at the halfway point. So, And they've matched it. So, And I mean... I don't know about you. I had Carolina this past weekend. It wasn't a a shot at Houston. It just felt like it's very tough to go winless in the NFL. And this is a game that they're really getting up for because they want Bryce to get his first win. He's going up against the guy that he got drafted ahead. Like it just felt like off the bye week. Yeah. Yeah. it, It just felt like everything lined up for them to get the first win, but it doesn't take away from the Texans because again, this is sometimes their season win total. So mm. um, I expect hey, even that- with a negative record, they are a big winner here yeah. from where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Based off expectations heading into the year, I think their win total was five and a half somewhere in there. Like it, it wasn't expected to be good and, and they actually looked competent. It's not like they got three bad wins. Like they were, mm-hmm. they were pretty good wins along the way. So disappointment wise, I mean, I don't remember a year where there's been this many bad teams, like really bad teams week to week, where you feel like this is the worst team in the league. Because it it started with, well, Chicago, like they're the worst team in the league. And then they go in and beat Washington. And it's like, was Washington really bad? Oh, Arizona. Arizona's really bad. Mm -hmm. But some of these are expected and some of them aren't. So give me a team name of a disappointment based off records. Well, let's rip the bandaid off. Let's just talk about my Denver Broncos. Cause I knew you were eventually going to bring it up. What the I, hell? You know what? I, I don't want this to be taken in the wrong way. Um, I don't consider them a disappointment because this is kind of where I thought they were going to be. Ah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought we get Sean Payton. We got a chance this year. Respects to you, Tyson. I just right out of the gate. Three and five is probably where I had them. Three. That's fair. And I mean, I feel like we should have a worse record than we do. Um, well, you guys went and beat the Chiefs for no reason. So. Yeah, that was dumb. Why are we doing that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, we're... Ugh. So, whatever. So, your, your team's the complete opposite. Defense was stellar last year. Offense incompetent. Now, mm. offense looks competent. And defense gave up 70 points one week. So, not to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, that was sick. 
Thanks for reminding me. Well, what I don't understand, okay? So Vance Joseph used to be our head coach. Yeah. Didn't work out. Fired him. John Payton comes in. Oh, Vance Joseph, you want the DC job? It didn't work out the first time. Why did you try it out again? I don't understand. And now, like you, it explains why the defense is so shit. The NFL coaching carousel of just who do I know in the league and who can I employ for the next five years, maybe. It's dumb. And Vance Joseph went to Arizona and Arizona stunk. What? Like, how does he still have a job? Yeah, it would make sense if you went out and tried to uh, re-bring in Vic Fangio because he had like a good track record of a defensive coordinator. But he went to Miami, which fair, I probably would have too. Hotter there. And yeah, teams the really Mike, for Mike McDaniel. I mean, come on. That's, yeah, that's sick. That is coaches get to vape on the, the sidelines. Sorry. Is he the coolest coach in the league by far? Oh yeah. You get to vape on the sidelines. Brian Dayball was a close second, but mm. last year, Brian Dayball, not this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, not this year. This year's yeah. Brian Dayball is a very, very angry man. And yeah. I can't even put like they're in my division. I can't even put the Giants there because I I fully saw them being bad. They were yep. a playoff team last year, and they that's a that O line is so bad, and it's not even the worst one in the division, which is <laughs> quite telling. Wild. So, what were your thoughts on Green Bay coming into the year? Ah. Uh. Coming into the year, I was I wasn't high on Jordan Love, and then after the first two to three weeks, I'm like, okay, here's another patented Green Bay 25 year or 20 year quarterback Hall of Famer. Nope. So, didn't it feel like we're both in in the the X space quite often? Didn't it feel like Green Bay was a really trendy division winner pick for people? Because mm-hmm. I noticed a lot of Green Bay. There was some Chicago, too, but a lot of Green Bay, because it's the Lions, they're going to figure out a way to screw it up. The Vikings' defense is bad, so they're going to regress because they won all those one-possession games. And now the Packers find themselves at 2-5, and five, and mm-hmm. they are drowning. It's yeah. like week to week. And I wasn't even that impressed after that Bears game because I'm like, so he threw a couple screens that receivers took or running backs took like 40 yards for touchdowns. And then you look at the stat line at the end and you're like, wow, Jordan Love, like 300 yards, three TDs or whatever his line was. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like it was very premature, especially now knowing how bad the Bears are. Like if you yeah. can't do that against the Bears, then you've got much bigger issues and you should be blowing it up. And I've been I'm beating a dead horse here because if you listen to the show, I roast Green Bay week to week. Um, my wife's a Green Bay fan. My brother-in-law's a Green Bay fan. Oh God! Luckily, neither of them listen to Competitive Hedge, so that's <laughs> me. But, I don't feel like you'd have a wife anymore if you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be sleeping on the couch a lot. But Jordan Love, the offense is 26th in total yards. They're 25th in rushing yards. So this Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon this whole idea of, well, Jordan Love doesn't have to do a lot, just get it in the running back's hands and then make some some critical throws. Well, that's not working because the run game's not rolling. They're 21st in points. Their defense is 26th against the run, and they're 20th in points given up per game. So top to bottom, they're just a bad football team is what it boils down to. And the weapons aren't it. Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson – 
I know that it's only the second year, but I don't think that if you've watched a Green Bay game, you could say either one of those guys should be wide receiver ones on a team moving forward. Yeah, it's just kind of been unfortunate with Christian Watson. He's been hurt all year, and Romeo Dobbs, like, I, he shows flashes. Like, he'll have a game here mm-hmm. and there where he's, like, nine catches, 80 yards. But, like, and surprisingly, because I do a lot of research into player props and stuff, he's one of the top leaders in red zone targets, which you wouldn't believe. No. I think he has two touchdowns. But <laughs> Well, I looked at this today. Um, there's over 20 players in the NFL right now with 500 or more receiving yards. Hmm. Green Bay doesn't have a single player with over 300. Hmm. <laughs> That's a problem. Like, yeah, Jordan Love doesn't have a go-to guy in this offense. He doesn't. Like, on a critical third down, he has no one that he really trusts to go to because Christian Watson, as great as he's been, has a lot of key drops in mm-hmm. his first year and a half in the league. And, and Dobbs... Kind of the same. He's had some pretty bad drops over the last number of weeks where you're like, what, are, what is happening out there? So Green Bay for me, I think that they're a big loser because as much as I was rooting for them to be terrible, I thought they'd be like 7-10, and 10, maybe 8-9. and nine. Like they would be competitive. Maybe you get a good draft pick. You go out and get, maybe it's Marvin Harrison Jr. or someone at the wide receiver position, get them a real number one option, and then you run it back. They might be in bottom five contention now i can see it i don't see i don't see how it gets better because jordan love doesn't look like he's gaining any confidence it's like withering away Mm -hmm. and i don't think because green bay's already picked up his fifth year option he's probably getting brought back next year too they're not giving up on jordan love after one year which means that they're then in the next quarterback sweepstakes and we'll have to wait and see maybe Shadur sanders is making his way to, to green bay yeah, I don't know. And then and then we'll get another couple years of Green Bay at the best team in the league. Because uh, <laughs> no one gets sick of that, right? Any other no. for you? Uh, there's a couple good teams that we thought would be good that aren't like the Bengals. What the hell happened there? They're kind of turning it around now. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that they're a disappointment or do you think that they're too much on the rise right now to be a disappointment? Because I would say after the first... Mm four weeks you were like holy hell like they just lost to the titans 27 to 3 i would say they were a disappointment now they're not but that the 49ers win just kind of said okay they're back yeah i know that party hasn't been great the last number of weeks but it's still a road win and it's a pretty pretty sizable one to win by two scores against that 49ers team so that's why i didn't have them as disappointment only because they're trending up Two weeks ago, yeah. definitely biggest disappointment. Another one for you? Well, the Chargers, man. When is that going to get right? Like, I feel like every year people are like, oh, Chargers are going to, like, compete with the Chiefs for the division. It's like, no, they're, it, that never happens. Like, I don't understand this Chargers defense. They have guys on that defense. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, German James, J.C. Jackson from uh, to start the year at least. Yeah. What happened? They got Asante Samuel Jr. Like they got like good defensive players, but they have a horrible defense. What and also, you, let's you, start talking about Justin Herbert yeah, as right. not an elite quarterback. What like he's a good passer for sure, but he's not. He doesn't show up in the clutch moments and can't win you a football game every week. They're in a close game and he can't solidify it. I mean, not to like make the comparison because 
the guy used to wear the same uniform, isn't he? Just Philip Rivers, pretty much, dude. Except he has a better passing motion than Rivers. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like it looks better. But are we not talking about the Chargers? As Rivers was always wild card or just missing, which is mm. where the Chargers are at. He's got weapons. Like Philip Rivers was never short on weapons. Like, yeah. He always had guys there. Um, he's got a good running back, just like Rivers had for a number of years. And yet they he'll finish top five in passing yards. They'll go ten and seven, nine and eight, and then they maybe win a playoff game, but Justin Herbert still hasn't because he blew a massive lead last year. Yeah. And then we just talk about the Chargers next year. Is this the year that they No, it's not. Happens out all the time. It's it's Peyton Manning. Like yeah, where there's some years where like Jacksonville was strong, and then like the Titans had a little bit of a run, and then the Texans made a run. It was always Manning's division to win, and mm-hmm. that's just where Mahomes' status is. When you're that good, you are the division winner. You should put it in your parlay every year if you're doing a division parlay because yeah. that's it's just what happens. One, mm-hmm. and that's just that's just the reality of it. So, yeah, the Chargers. I mean, how long are they going to keep this head coach that he's just I'm getting so sick of the analytics stuff. He um, was so sick to start his tenure in in yeah. like LA. Like, oh, fourth and six, he's going for it. What is he doing? And then he converted, and he be he looked like a genius. Yeah, I, I think it's just there's that one against the Vikings. I have no idea what <laughs> that thought process was. Your own end, you're up, and you go, yeah, we're going for it. <laughs> then they don't get it, and luckily the Vikings screw up. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're talking about the Chargers being a two-win team right now. Yeah, that's – I remember that game. That was like – they were in the red zone in the dying seconds. Oh, and he couldn't believe that they didn't punt it. It was just – you have to punt it there. Um, no doubt. That's your defense a little bit. I mean, that's kind of hard to do, but – but this episode's going to be a Wednesday, and so Thursday night football, we are going to take a little bit of an early look at the betting lines. We've mentioned betting a little bit. It's more so been a general discussion today, but we do have Tennessee-Pittsburgh. Looks like Levis will be starting. Sounds like Kenny Pickett's healthy. Steelers aren't going to have Mika Fitzpatrick for the foreseeable future because of his hamstring issue. Most of the Titans' offense outside of Levis is questionable right now. I would assume that they're all going to play. I haven't seen any reason why they wouldn't. But where are you at with this game? Pittsburgh's minus three at home. Pittsburgh four and three, and Tennessee three and four. Man, I don't know. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is so hard. Both, like, okay, the Titans' run D is really damn good. But the Steelers' run D sucks. and. I'm almost thinking that everyone is going to be like, oh, well, you know, um, Will Levis looked so good airing the ball out last game. Like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh defense is really, really bad. They're top three and top three worst against wide receivers, top four against running backs. So they can't stop anything at this point. Um, but I feel like everyone's going to be looking at, you know, D hop that connection again. But I actually think the run defense for Pittsburgh is worse than their pass defense. So, give uh, there was so much talk about Derrick Henry and him potentially getting traded, and then now he wasn't getting traded. And I feel like this is kind of a statement game, prime time again. First, is it the first time, first prime time game of the year for Derrick Henry? Like 
He's going to show out again, I feel, against a very expo- exploitable defense. I don't know what to think of Levis because the the deep balls to D-Hop were impressive. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the game, he wasn't really doing a lot. Like, it was a lot underneath, five-yard passes. So I don't know. Like, he may get – Pittsburgh may give up one bomb, mm-hmm. but – I think what helps the Titans is the fact that that run defense is so bad for Pittsburgh. Um, I think that they do need to hand the ball to Derrick Henry like 25, 30 times. Yeah. I, think, I honestly might bet Derrick Henry for a two TV game. I think it's one of those types of Thursday nights where I feel like it's just, you know, vintage Derrick Henry primetime games. Like he always goes off in primetime. I'm probably betting Titans team total. I don't think I could get myself to bet the game total at 37 and a half because knowing that Pickett is let's face it Pickett's been bad for the first three quarters and then shows out in the fourth for mm-hmm. pretty much his entire tenure in Pittsburgh yeah. and I think Tennessee's team total right now is kind of around that 17 mark which I like I think that they're going to score 21 maybe 24 mm-hmm. so that would probably be my favorite bet early on I'd love yes. to see where the line moves I kind of mm-hmm. hope I mean, when it's 37 and a half, you don't have a lot of hope that it's going to dip much further. If I could even get that a point lower, then I would go and bet the team total then. But at least as of now, I do like Tennessee plus three. I think if I'm in a in a pick em sheets league type thing, I'm probably taking Tennessee, um, which will be at my own peril because for whatever reason, Mike Tomlin just finds a way to be above 500 as Every many eases he has, as mid of running backs as he has. He just figures out a way to win games. I don't know if that's this is going to be one of them, but Tennessee's been the most inconsistent team probably this year because they show up and they blow a team out, and then the next week they score three points. So. Mm-hmm. I also heard that it's not 100% out of the realm of possibilities that Tannehill's back. And after it? what we saw, I don't know why you would rush him back for one or want him back. Like, I thought give that rookie a shot. Today. I Sorry? thought that he was going to get moved today. Oh, really? I thought that he was going to be moved kind of like Dobbs was. Hmm. I thought that a team like Minnesota, maybe a team like Atlanta, if they don't believe in Ritter, like some of these teams that have good teams, but maybe the QB position just needed a bit of a boost. Tannehill yeah. could have been that guy. Um, I think what helped with like teams like Atlanta, at least Heineke looked good behind them. So they do. Heineke help. is maybe my favorite backup. Maybe, <laughs> besides Gardner Minshew. Like those two are. I'm in a dynasty league and I've never been able to drop Taylor Heineke. <laughs> he like, can't. And it's a two QB league. So I'm like, at some point he's going to start games this year. And 100%. I've got QB injuries. The last thing I need is to have to go and blow my waiver wire budget on Taylor Heineke. So I just got him sitting there for when Ritter inevitably loses the job because they're behind and Heineke leads a comeback or two. That's where I'm at with. with yeah. There. So I like the Tennessee team total. We both like Derrick Henry for a big day. Still going to wait on some of these betting lines. We're recording on a Tuesday night. So again, a couple days out, you don't want to go and, you know, place all these bets and then suddenly some injuries pop up at the last second. We're also seeing a lot of guys with illness. Like we mm-hmm. put on there. St. Brown was on there. Definitely affected Mahomes, didn't affect St. Brown last night. So Definitely. So just to highlight some stuff, little, because I got my cheat sheets. Give me some wisdom here. What have you got for the folks? So I'm, if you don't know me, I'm very player prop 
centered. Uh, I, you know, dive really into team defenses for NFL and kind of like to exploit it, whether that player's, you know, been hitting his line or not. Um, I feel like it's more of a matchup thing because everybody in the NFL is skilled. There's only 32 jobs uh, right. for a running back or, uh, you know, number one wide receiver. So it's good to like exploit that. So just to target uh, for running backs, Steelers, I already mentioned this, they're fourth, they're allowing 115 yards per game. And the Titans, they they were at the bottom. Now they're kind of middle of the pack, but you don't want to sweat out a Najee Harris bet. That's not going to be anything no, for you. I dropped <laughs> Najee in like three leagues. Just stop. Yeah, I bet you regret it, don't you? I thought that that <laughs> was like O-line improved. I'm pretty sure I went on one of your spaces and said I liked his over on rushing TVs. So that's interesting. That's, <laughs> that's okay. They're not, they're definitely not recorded. Uh, <laughs> switching <laughs> over to wide receivers here. here. I'm definitely not familiar with embarrassing myself with some of these takes on here. <laughs> switching over to wide receivers here. Like I was saying earlier, this Steelers defense is very bad. They're third worst, uh, or they give up the third most uh, yards to wide receivers, 195 per game. So, you know, if D Hop is in, I don't mind a longest reception because if he does catch another bomb, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and then the Titans, they allow the sixth most, which is 188. So just behind them, only seven yards. Um, but they actually allow the top five most receptions to wide receivers. And Deontay Johnson last week had, I believe, maybe double digit targets and eight receptions. So he's getting, and he's back. So he's going to be someone that um, I'm probably targeting for receptions. Um, and then probably Derek Henry as well. Okay. I like it. I'm going to maybe going to target a couple of these. Definitely go check out at spit and picklets over at X slash Twitter. Um, he's got those sheets out there. Um, ton of great info over there. So Tyson, promote yourself for more, some more. I know that I already have a little bit, but uh, what have you got going on? Yeah, uh, just, just you know, thriving. Uh, I am writing for Props.Cash and also Stadium Rant. I'm just doing my thoughts and opinions on uh, Stadium Rant, but play, uh, props. my Props.Cash articles come out every weekend, um, Saturday for hockey, Sunday for NFL, and that's going through uh, the tool kind of, you know, highlighting my favorite player prompts for the day. Um, yeah, you can find all my work on X or in the Diamond Vault Discord. Awesome. And as always, shout out to Betalytics as well. It's our official sports betting software here over at the Competitive Hedge podcast. Use code HEDGE for 25% off. Now that we have, we had the sports equinox yesterday. And they've got NFL, they've got NBA, they've got MLB and NHL. They've got it all over there. So definitely go and check out some of their graded plays. I pick all my plays. I go and check their grades just to see if I'm on the right track and just really appreciate their work over there. Um, great sponsors of our show. And as always, uh, check us out on all social platforms at HedgePod. Subscribe to the YouTube. And uh, really appreciate you guys listening in. And we'll see you guys next time for the Competitive Hedge.